0: Peace and quiet. How many times have you wished for that? How many times do you sit there and think, gosh, I could just use a little peace and quiet. The kids running around in and out. The demands of your family and your jobs. Job said, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. How many of you think all you have is turmoil? I don't think turmoil is what we have, not what I have anyway, but I, but I can see where Job might say that. I think this last year has been incredibly stressful for us all. I do think sometimes we resist quiet time, though. Try to get away, but we're interrupted, but we're addicted to the noise and to the busyness of life, and the silence is uncomfortable. What I've noticed is in in the prayer time, if I stop for a few minutes and just pause for very long, people start moving around in their seats. The silence is uncomfortable. Plus, we have just too much going on, right? Too busy. Some of us might even suffer from self-importance a little bit. I would slow down, but gosh, just too many people need me. That might be your world. From time to time, you get up... Out of your bed and you feel like all you have to do is run from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. There's nothing in between that's void of something. Not enough hours in the day, right? How many of you said that? Christy and I believed that when the kids left home, we would have more time on our hands. And that has not been the case. We didn't. But when we don't take time to unwind, we become grouchy and stressed. How many of y'all get grouchy? I am a terrible grouch. If Jesus needed to get time away and pray, think about that. If Jesus, if Jesus needed time to get away and pray, to be with the Lord, what makes you think that we wouldn't? We can't avoid it without suffering for it. We have to get away. Being alone with God helps us to figure things out. Jesus didn't do things on his own time. Jesus did things on God's time, right? Our sermon text for today is Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 34. And it says, "...the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves." Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried their own foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I called this a time to relax. In Mark's gospel this morning... It begins with the apostles returning from their mission. Jesus sent them out to, 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 to preach repentance, right? To, to give them the good news, to heal the sick, and to cast out the demons. And we see that the crowds recognize them. And just as Mark is about to get into the feeding the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water, he skips right to the end, doesn't he, where the, where the people need healing and renewal and restoration. You see, everyone's paying attention to Jesus and the disciples now, the ones who want to pay attention for good reasons and the ones who want to pay attention to killing. They want to to know what they're doing. And the demanding crowds were so persistent that he and the disciples could not get a break. They had no rest time. So Jesus said, y'all, come on, let's get away. Let's get in the boat. We're going to go across the lake to the other side where we can be alone, where it'll be quiet, where we can learn a little bit and speak to each other. An important theme in Mark is Jesus' insistence on us taking time to withdraw and rest. Jesus took time to withdraw and rest. In fact, in in Mark, he took rest at least nine times. Because Jesus knows that without time to rest, where the disciples can be alone with him, they won't have the strength to face the challenges that come. Jesus knew what was coming, and he knew they would need the strength to face it. Friends, we have challenges ahead that we need the strength of Christ to face. This Christian life that we live is a continuous going, right? It's going into the presence of God and then out into the presence of people to share the good news, to to be the word of God, to be the example of Christ. And then we return to the presence of God and then we go back out to the people. So it's a continuous going. We never slow down. We continue to do that. But in that time, it's important that we take time to withdraw and rest and be with God. Do do we know how to be still and allow God to talk to us? Is that something we need to retrain ourselves to do? How can we possibly face life's challenges without the strength of God? In our retreat, in our listening... And our communication with God should create in us an action that goes out into the world to serve. It it, it causes us to want to be in service to God. It's a response to the grace and the love and the peace and the joy and all those things that God gives us. It's a response to go out and serve our neighbor, to love our neighbor in the world. But that rest that Jesus sought for himself and his disciples wasn't to be, right? And they deserved it. They had worked. They had been busy. The crowd saw them going away. And when they arrived in the boats on the other side, they were there waiting. Now, I told the early service, we went to Montana with our kids, and they wanted to go kayaking. They didn't go kayaking in a river. They went on a lake. And it didn't matter what direction you were going in that lake. The water was coming at you. It didn't matter. It was all paddling uphill. Even the way back, the way forward is all paddling uphill. And I see how the crowds could have walked around that lake and beat Jesus there. And Jesus, any other person would have been irritated, annoyed, or even mad that they didn't get the time that they had, that they had wanted. Think about this. Let's say you have a couple of tickets on a Carnival cruise ship, right? Let's say you do. But before you get to the ship... Half of your congregation or half of your staff at work stops you at the gate and says, before you get on, I need to ask you 71 questions. And so you step aside and you answer the questions. By the time you've finished, they've already pulled the ramp down. The boat is sailing away. You'd be mad, wouldn't you? You'd be mad, wouldn't you? Come on, everybody, nod your head. Yes, you'd be mad. I would be mad, but not Jesus. Jesus was moved that these people wanted it so bad. He knew what they desperately needed, and Jesus said, okay, we'll give it to them. Let's talk. Jesus understood. He knew that without Him, we cannot find our way. Left alone, we're lost people. Left to ourselves. We need the strength which can keep us going. We need the inspiration that can lift us Up and above, out of ourselves. Jesus knew that we have no defense against the dangers that threaten us. So he said, yeah, I'll I'll sit down and visit with you. I know as as men, and and a lot of women I know, we pride ourselves on our work ethic. That's one of the things I always say about my dad. He gave me a good work ethic. I felt like I had a good work ethic. Before I started working one hour a week, I did work like a full-time job. (laughs) Give you all a couple of statistics here. In the U.S., let me back up. Talking about the work ethic. We often find that what we do defines us. If we're not busy doing what we do, we have no identity. People think we are lazy. In the U.S., 70%, 76% of adults work over 40 hours a week, and 70% of American children live in households where all the adults are employed full-time or more. Okay. 59% of Americans check their work email while on vacation. How many of you are that 59%? Raise them high. Who checks their email on vacation? Of course you do. 81% check theirs over the weekend. How many of y'all? Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. This one's a good in one here. This is good. Six percent check their email while either they or their spouse was in labor. Let's see the hands. Oh my Come on. Okay. And six percent say they've checked their work email at a funeral. Any hands there? Nobody's going to admit that, are they? I love it though because y'all are going. Hmm. Look at them. All told, the average American spends 72 hours a week maintaining job-related contact and work-related tasks. 72 hours. And then beyond that, we have dishes and laundry and house cleaning to do and yards to mow. We are busy. We are busy. Then our kids are busy, too. They have extra-long sports seasons and extracurricular activities. Kids are busier than they've ever been. We are addicted to work and to our phones and to social media and to everything else that takes us away from our family and from the rest that we need in Christ. Psychologists have shown that the increased screen time is linked to increased reports of depression and adverse health conditions like heart disease, obesity, diabetes, accelerated aging, and even Alzheimer's. We are so busy moving from crisis to crisis to an early grave. That's what we're doing. And somehow or another, we think that in order to please God, we have to be busy doing something. But Mark found it important to point out that Jesus carves out time to rest. In the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus tells the disciples, you give them something to eat. He knew that the rest that he had given them provided them the strength to take care of the meal for the people that showed up. He knew that they needed the rest, and he knew that they needed to serve. Same with us, folks. He knows that we need to serve, and he knows that we need the rest to do it. And he's calling us and Mark to take that time aside. We are afflicted with the same blindness of the disciples. It, this passage is meant to teach us that God is just as present in the ordinary times <clears throat> excuse me, as He is in times of crisis. When we put down our phones and clear our minds and just rest in God's presence, we are better able to face all the crises that will come. And this might mean establishing boundaries kids you can have this many hours of phone a day or this many hours of video a day or this many hours of television a day might be saying no television no television or no phones at the table how many of y'all sit down at the table and still eat dinner together a few of us a few that's great i remember we used to eat when the kids were all home we were running from softball to soccer to everything else and we would eat dinner in the living room about 9:30 quickly and go to bed. That might mean taking time away and walking or jogging or working out and spending time with God. I haven't started here yet, but I like to walk in the evenings. I like to see town and everything in it. We just need daily moments when we rest in God's presence. We need the weekly moments of resting in God's presence too, like coming to church, accepting this Sabbath. You know, y'all are having to listen to me, but you're at least sitting. And maybe if you're not hearing me, you're thinking about God. Sunday morning worship and fellowship are meant to be part of that restful experience. We need seasonal and yearly periods of rest, too. Everyone knows that there are busier times of year than the others, like holidays, right? For pastors, we begin with the church year, with with Advent, moving into Christmas, then into Lent, and finally Easter. It's all so wonderful and exhausting. It really is. That's why we also have ordinary time. The green pyramids are ordinary time. They allow us the time to rest Ordinary doesn't mean boring or uneventful. It means it's a time of rest before we get to those seasons of Pentecost and Advent and Lent. We take those time to rest in Jesus, to to study His Word. So as we go forth from this place today, I want to encourage you to carve out time each day. And you can't, you know, I can't tell you what time that is. Maybe getting up in the morning is the best time before you put your feet on the floor. Maybe during your lunch break or your, your, your break during the morning or your afternoon break. Maybe before you go to bed. But we are called by God to take time out to settle and rest in God. To have that communication, to re-energize and refocus our hearts. And we're going to find a greater appreciation for the beauty that God gives us all around. Like the kids, I was telling them, notice the trees and the birds and the bugs and the clouds we take that time to rest, we are going to begin to notice these things that God gives us. So rest. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.